I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 51, Primary Caregiver. Hey lovelies, this is Andrea Hope, a Baha'i mom, a wife, a poet, among many other things, and this is my podcast to mother where I share my recommendations and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. Today's episode, we're going to talk about being the primary caregiver as a mother. I'll get a little bit deeper into that. What it means is you've chosen to stay at home. I could use the term stay-at-home mom, but for a lot of people, you're doing more than being a stay-at-home mom. Like I work part-time for a nonprofit, so I don't know that I would use the term stay-at-home mom specifically, even though I feel like that's closest to what I'm doing. Um, I think for a lot of people, because they have community involvement or they have work part-time or businesses or anything like that, um, makes more sense to use this term primary caregiver. And so I'm going to be talking about my decision to be the primary caregiver for our two children who are toddlers and some information about what the writing says about it. So I'll start with that. This is from a letter written on behalf of Shogi Effendi. With reference to the question of the training of children, given the emphasis placed by Baha'u'llah and Abdu'l-Baha on the necessity for the parents to train their children while still in their tender age, it would seem preferable that they should receive their first training at home at the hand of their mother rather than be sent to a nursery. Should circumstances, however, compel a Baha'i mother to adopt the latter course, there can be no objection. So I do wanna kind of start with a disclaimer in the sense that I wanna say, if you are a mother who feels like either because of your financial circumstances or because of your temperament or whatever your situation is, you feel like you cannot make the decision to stay at home and be a primary caregiver. Of course, this quote says that should circumstances compel you to send your children to a nursery or daycare, then there's no objection. But I do want to give kind of encouragement and permission for the people who are interested and in maybe staying home with their children. So either you're pregnant or you've thought about leaving work or you know just in a situation where you're thinking about making this decision for the future for your family. And I just wanna give you some information about how I do it because I think I do break some of the stereotypes around it and why I do it. So one very big important thing for me on a scientific basis is that the greatest brain development in your whole life happens between the ages of zero to five. So that's a scientific fact. I'm not a scientist. I hope that you can go to whatever trusted sources that you have and research it and see what that means in terms of, you know, how much development happens over a short period of time. So that's something that's really fascinating to me. And I will also say personally, I just love children. I've always loved children. I've worked in monastery schools and public schools. I've worked in rural areas and private schools, really wealthy families. I've worked all over. I've worked with foster children. So it was kind of what they call a no-brainer for me to want to stay home with my kids because I just love being with kids. And so, of course, I want to be there for my kids when they have their first moments of learning the alphabet or going down a slide. But I want to give encouragement to others. So the first thing I want to say is to remember that this is a temporary stage. I think sometimes when we think about being a stay-at-home mother, staying home with our children, people make it feel like, oh, you're gonna stay home with your children and then you're gonna lose your whole career and your life and all these things. Your kids are gonna go to school. So really you're just committing to staying home with them for maybe three to five years. That's not a long time out of life. 
I mean, that's college, you know, four years. And so I'm not saying that you can't, obviously you can miss opportunities during that time. It can be a struggle for you during that time, but I just don't want people to think that, oh, if someone says you're not gonna have any time to yourself or it's gonna totally change your path in life, it's not that you're committing to 18 years of staying at home with your kids. You're committing to just a couple years. So that's something that I continually remind myself as well because I'm very creative. I've done very well in any job that I have had. I've gotten good reviews and good feedback and things like that. And so I do also have that urge because people send me, oh, Andrea, you should apply for this. And I have to remind myself, hey, these opportunities will still be there in a couple years if I say no to them now. Even staying home with my kids can change the type of opportunities I seek in life. I do a lot more development of Baha'i resources and products because I am at home with my kids and I see the kind of resources that are available. And I said, oh, it'd be great if this would be available for Baha'i kids or with Baha'i principles or virtues in mind. So that's the first thing I want to let you know if you are thinking about staying home. The other thing I want to say is that there's a mentality that you have to be wealthy, like it's a privilege to stay at home with your kids. And I definitely understand that because it obviously is easier if you are wealthy. So if you have enough money to hold off for a year or a couple of years that you're like, actually, we don't really need to both be working in order to take care of our kids. That's great. You're in a great position to make that decision to stay home. But that's not the only circumstance where you can stay home because me, we are 100% not in that (laughs) environment. Like we are not at all in a place where we have savings, where we don't have to work. But it really depends on the type of life that you wanna have, right? So if you've become accustomed to a certain kind of life where you're getting a lot of your wants met in addition to your needs, then it's gonna feel like, okay, I couldn't possibly not have a larger house or have two cars or have whatever it is that is really a want for your family in order to stay home with my kids. And I understand that, you know, it's easier to say that it's a psychological thing than to actually live in it. Unless you live in a place where you really can't put food on the table and have a safe place to stay if you don't both work, a lot of the things that we're thinking about are our wants. So my husband and I, when we had our child, we lived in a studio apartment wasn't an ideal situation, but we did. And then when we upgraded, we had a one bedroom apartment. So, and still to this day, our children sleep in cribs in the same room as us. So yeah, if we had in our minds, we have to be able to afford a two bedroom apartment. So the kids have their own room and have a baby monitor and have um, cars and have all these things, then it would not be financially sufficient (laughs) for us to do that. But in my mind, it's much more important and much more valuable for me to make memories and make moments with my children and to be there in quality time with them than to have a lot of stuff. Maybe that will change when they go to school because, you know, then they're going to feel the pressures and I'm going to feel more pressures about what other people have and what other people are doing. But I spent a lot of time just walking around with my kids. They are so excited to see ducks, to see dogs, just to be outside and to interact with earth. And that stuff is very affordable. So, you know, I don't feel the pressure like my children have to be in ballet or music classes or we have to pay for a museum or something whenever we go out. I find a lot of opportunities to connect with them in nature. Um, and to connect with other people. So it could just be like going to different playgrounds. I'm really just focused on memories. 
So taking the train together, I think before in my mindset, the train was just a way to get somewhere. Now that I have children, just the train ride itself is an adventure. It's a memory. It's a time with their mom. <laughs> my kids, whenever we get on the city bus, they sing the wheels on the bus, which I just think is such a beautiful thing because it's something that a lot of people think of as an insecurity. Oh, we're taking the bus. We don't have enough money for a car kind of thing. They don't see it at all. I wouldn't even say that they see it as a good thing. They don't even recognize that there's anything to see. So that's why I want to say you don't have to be wealthy to decide to stay at home with your children. If you are in a two-parent household, you will have to decide what things you want to give preference to. Like I'll say for me personally, on the other side of that, I love creativity. I love going outside with them. I don't love cooking. So if I am going to spend extra money on something, I'm spending money on ordering from small businesses in my area because that is like the luxury for me to not have to cook, not, not have to have smoke in the house and then I have to deal with the dishes and all that kind of stuff. Not like I just you know, feed them beans and rice and they don't get anything new kind of thing. But I just definitely preference that quality time, which is just for this couple years that we're together at home over being able to do a lot of things. So I've just had such positive reinforcement from being home with my children that me being there and being present with them and really enjoying the season of them being small and wanting to be together as all that they really need. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't have hard days and that it's not a struggle. I definitely have days where I struggle. I can't be around them all the time, all week. I've recently decided to go out on Sundays and have a couple hours to myself because I was getting overstimulated. And so definitely there's difficulties, but I mean, there's difficulties with going to a job at work. You're not happy those eight hours a day, all day that you're at work. So I see this similar to that. Yeah, there's going to be low moments. But if you have a work that you love, then the positive things are going to outweigh the negative things. Also, because I think as spiritual people, we believe that life is so much about growth. And I just think observing children in their natural element, there's so much growth that you can miss out on if you're not actively involved in that. And it's not that you can't be if you go to work, but you know, it's probably nights and you're rushing to get dinner and there's only a couple hours before they go to bed and then you have weekends. But I just, seeing the natural personality and the curiosity and different things like on an everyday basis with my children, I just feel like there has been so much growth and so much appreciation for the role of parents and just, yeah, so much insight into why a lot of us as adults have a lot of the challenges that we do have because we were missing something in our childhood or we didn't realize something in our childhood or adults treated us all the same because they were busy and they or they didn't have time yeah just so much of this comes from the way that we are treated or the way that we are neglected or the way that we are valued in our childhood so yeah, that I'm giving a lot of information, but I just think it's important because I haven't really heard other people talk about it in this way. I hear so much about you're more than just a mom, how to be a mom and be a boss and how to be a mom and do this and do that. And I totally understand where that's coming from. If you wanna be a mom and have your own business and be a boss and do all these things, power to you. And if those things are fulfilling to you and those things by doing your passion is making you a better mom because you're more happy, you're more present with your children, 
I think that is the balance of life that works best for you and your children are going to be grateful that the moments that you are with them, you're really engaged and you're really loving. But I just also want to say, if you're a woman who's thought about it or a woman like me who's like, this is what they really want, to realize that being a mom when they're not in school yet is a full-time gig that you don't have to be anything else. Being a mom and doing it well and being present and being thoughtful about it is valuable and it's all you have to be. (laughs) You know, it's so much. So the idea of doing that and then also having to be something else, I just want to take that pressure away. I just want to give that encouragement that doing it is enough because a lot of the struggles that I have are with how society values being a stay-at-home mom or being a primary caregiver, not necessarily how I do. But a lot of the pressure comes from, yeah, I'm not getting a paycheck from being home with my kids, but I know that if I were a daycare provider or a babysitter or doing exactly the same things just for kids who aren't mine legally, then I would get paid for those things. So my living the life tip based on this topic is to make a mommy resume. I want us to make it totally common, normal, natural to put being the primary caregiver on your resume. And so my living the life tip is to write it out. Write out what your objective is, write out the skills that you've developed as a primary caregiver, the activities you've done, the education that you've pursued. Maybe you've taken some classes, you've read some books, you know, you've learned about communication, about schedules, about patience, whatever the things are. If you really need to find some ideas, I think if you really sit and brainstorm with yourself, you're going to think of a lot of things that are going to be applicable to whatever field that you're going to go back into or that you're going to change into. Um, But if you do need some help, you can look at daycare providers, babysitters, teachers, and see the kind of things that they put on their resumes, because that's just going to spark in your mind, you know, some of the things that you have learned or that you do, maybe your first aid certified, you know, this kind of thing. So, because sometimes you can feel like, oh man, I have not really accomplished anything today. The thought that on my worst days I would <laughs> I would have. And then you sit down and really think, okay, but what did I do? And what are the skills and activities that I engaged in with my children? And my resource for this episode, I was saying, what am I gonna do for resumes <laughs> in terms of a Baha'i resource? So if you wanna brainstorm some things and you're like me, you just wanna jot it out on paper, I'm still very much a paper person when it comes to creativity and plans and things like that. There is an Etsy shop by Arazu Designs and she has journals. So she prints these beautiful illustrations that she has with quotes on the Baha'i writings. And you can pick up one of these Baha'i inspired journals in order to start just brainstorming and thinking about what you wanna do and what you've been learning and what education opportunities maybe you would like to pursue to learn more about parenting or to have a more scholarly mindset into the role of being a parent. And then with this, I wanna let you know that I do have an Instagram account now called Baha'i Gifts. So you can look for at Baha'i Gifts on Instagram where I am sharing some Baha'i inspired products that are from small businesses on Etsy. So be sure to follow that check out some of my stuff and also some beautiful things that I found from other people's websites because I know it can be hard to find out about these things still or to spread the word if you do have a shop. So if you have an Etsy shop, definitely check out my page and let me know so that I can add some of your products. 
And then I'm going to end with a poem that I wrote, and it's in my book To Mother by Andrea Hope, and it's called Stay-at-Home Mother. They devised the term stay-at-home mother to remind me of my place. I'm not conditioned for the cubicle with piercing cries against my collar and dribble on my face. But few pencil pushers draw upon the wisdom magic matrons long have known. Shh, we do not stay at home. I do not stay at home. I don a goddess throne, surrounded by unicorns and baby bears, bluebirds with whistles on their beaks, watch them bow down at my feet while I feel the calm of silky locks on a fertile island beach. Then I travel to the Arctic in a stirring, desperate whale, discover secrets of our being that would make prehistorians go pale. Why would I want to punch the clock, attempt to bear and beat my chest when I have these soft and flowing breasts? My body, at once exquisite vessel and five-star cuisine, my every journey but a lesson, imparting warmth and empathy. I abide only by God's decree, while I raise man's prodigy. Now just pay me equally. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me, for more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit baha'i.org.